run. Hello and welcome to another episode of Here's What You Could Have Run podcast. Today we're taking a bit shorter than usual and we're talking to Spencer and Stuart about the London Landmarks Half Marathon, which was due to be in spring. It was briefly deferred to autumn and sadly it's now been cancelled completely for 2020 and pushed through to 2021. Taking us through the race will be Spencer, who we've met previously, and Stuart, who I've known for a good few years now. Stuart and his mate Helen offered me a lift a few years ago now to my first 50 miler, the Chilton Wonderland 50. Despite having never met them before, they were keen to pick me up and drive me off into the wilderness. The wife was a little bit concerned that it was an elaborate plot to steal my kidneys, but fortunately didn't seem to work out. So came back in one piece, or as much in one piece as you are after a 50 miler anyway. And yeah, I've been bumping into him on and off ever since. Hello, joining me today are Spencer and Stuart, and they're here to talk about the London Landmarks Half Marathon that's been cancelled for this year, along with everything else. Uh, Spencer, we've all heard from before, we regaled us with stories of his 10th past 100. So let's turn to Stuart. Stuart, who are you and how did you get into running? Hello, uh, I'm Stuart McLaughlin. I started running about six years ago. Um, I was, I was at a, I joined a gym when I moved to Milton Keynes and there was a few of them there training to do the Barcelona Marathon. Yeah. And um, I thought, you know what, I quite fancy that. So I signed, I kind of signed up there and then really. And there was 10 of us training to do it under the uh, guidance of a, a coach, if you like. One of the ladies I was running with, her husband was kind of coaching us and that's how I got into it really. Straight so, uh, into a marathon then? Straight into a marathon. Obviously, <laughs> before the marathon, did a couple of halves and a 20 as a training run. Um, did Barcelona and then it just all went downhill from there, really. <laughs> <laughs> so what sort of distance, uh, races and distances have you run since then? then? Everything up to 100. I've done 100 so far. Um, got others booked that may or may not go ahead this year. Yeah. Um, but yes, I've done 100, which was South Downs Way 100 last year. Um, DNF, unfortunately, on the Autumn 100. Um, yeah. yeah, so they're the two I've tried so far. And then in between that, like my first um, my first ultra was 100k. I did the London to Brighton. Um, oh, nice. Um, active Challenge one, the 100k London to Brighton. So I did that um, the year after my first marathon. Yeah, that was good fun. So, um, not one to go in slowly then, no? No, no, not really. <laughs> yeah. Cool. And then Spencer, just remind us who you are. Um, Spencer, um, I have a running problem. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I run anything from short 5Ks up to 100 miles. Um, I recently did one at the weekend. Um, so I'm just recovering from that. Um, and I like pacing halves um, for two reasons, which is one, it's good for a training run. Okay. Um, and it helps people out. So that's why I tend to do them. Yeah, that was going to be my question. How do two ultra runners end up uh, running a half marathon? And how do you end up pacing it? Yeah, so... Yeah. 
So go on, Spence. It's a good way to get a, a controlled training running. It, obviously, I, I tend to do them probably 20 minutes to half hour slower than my PB. So it makes me run slower. So it's a good slow training run. Um, and you get to do some races that you wouldn't necessarily do, do them in places you wouldn't necessarily go to. Excellent. So it's a good way to mix it up. And Stuart, how did you get roped into it? Well, I'd ne unlike Spence, I've never, until I did the London Landmarks, I'd never paced before. Um, how I got into it, I was fortunate enough that um, I've paced it twice. And the first year, it was, um, it was a Centurion gig that um, the race director came, came to Centurion and said, um, I'm the new race director or something like that. I think James, mm. James knew the new race director for the London landmarks and said, I want to put a team together, like a pacing team together. Would you, would you fan, you know, can you, can you do that for me? And then James gave it to Nikki who um, put the team, put a team together for about 24 of us. And then it was like a, I wouldn't say a selection process, but it was like who fancies doing it. These are all the times that we, we've been asked to pace. Mm -hmm. um, put your name in the hat and, you know, it was done well as well that they asked for um you know like a bit of a racing or a running cv make sure that they didn't have anyone there that was um trying to blag it too much yeah i know london marathon every year do you get the odd person who's slightly oversold himself don't they and particularly <laughs> that hot year quite a lot of them fell by the wayside as i understand it yeah cool so for anyone that's not done the london landmarks half marathon like me what is it? Because all I've heard about is it's a bit like London, but it's most of the shit bits of the course. Well, I, I've done London. I've done London Marathon once as well, and I haven't got the greatest memory anyway. Even at the best of times, so when I'm running, and I don't remember is that big city on the Thames. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's this <laughs> big thing. It's just this big thing that sits on the Thames. Yeah, and uh, so I haven't got a massive memory of much of the route being the same um from from the london marathon and on the landmarks um obviously london landmarks you start on pal mal and then you you go around um the, the landmarks as such you know the um you start you see nelson's column the, the good thing with it i think is that they it, it, it is um when you go around and they have certainly have people dressed where you are kind of thing um you have the bow bells ring in as well um they give you a little teaser of heading out towards Lund tower bridge and you think oh we're going to go over tower bridge but no it's just an out and back you know you, you see tower bridge and you see uh, it but not go over it okay yeah you see it to your right and but then that's like you you turn back um but yeah personally i thought you know route wise it's it you do see all the landmarks um but i don't pretty much recall whether I run that on the London Marathon as well. Have you, have you done London, Spence? I have. I think I do remember some bits crossing over. The, the I think it, it's not quite like the um, they call it. Is it the the big half or something, which is actually the reverse um, first part of London Marathon. Oh, right, the really rough but, bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it does take in some nice some nice bits. I do remember running through. It, maybe it was near a museum or something. It was people dressed as Roman legionnaires and oh, shields cool. and swords. So it, it's quite fun. There's a lot of um, 
there's a lot of support, um, people cheering, um, music as you go around. It's quite entertaining. Um, it's, it's a difficult one to pace because when, when we do pace it, we generally use our watches a lot to check yeah. out our pace to try and, you know, as much as we might muck about on runs and not really take it too seriously on this, we do try and, and do it properly. So you're getting people in on the right time, not, not, you know, race it really hard and then sort of just walk near the end. You do try and do it consistent for them. But being the fact it's in London and all the buildings, it makes it one of the hardest ones to use your watch. You actually have to really sort of practice your pacing and get it right. Otherwise you, you know, you'll just go too fast or, or possibly too slow, but mostly too fast. Get okay. them in too what, what early. What times were you both pacing? We both did 2.15. No, we both did 2.15, didn't we? Right, 2.15 then, yeah. yeah <laughs> the, right. the first year I did it, I did 2.30. Um, now, and the funny thing was, because like Spence said just early, earlier, I wanted to do it, use it as a training run as well, because at the time, I was training for 100. Um, but the first year, the only time left was something like, by the time I got my email, the only time left was like, because you're quite generous on the cutoff, I was down for 3.15 or something like that. And then I was like, I don't mind doing slow, but that is, you know, that's kind of walk run. Yeah, um, that would I be sort of walk run, well, wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah, I wanted to be part of it as well. So I thought, okay then. And as it happened, someone um, unfortunately dropped out and I've got the 2.30 slot. Mm. So yeah, the first year I did two thirty, and then this uh, last year we did two fifteen. So how accurate were you then on your pacing? Um, <laughs> the two thirty one, okay. I think it was about a minute and fifteen under. That's pretty good, well done. And the two fifteen one, if it wasn't spot on, it was Spencer's fault. So I was following him. <laughs> <laughs> and in terms of start beds and stuff, are you starting? Is it a single start or is it like London where there's several starts and you have to no, it, 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 it was several starts. And, that, and again, keep, like the first year I did it, the problem I had on the first year and I think the second year is they send out these emails saying you're this colour pen, that colour pen or however they do it. When you get there on the day, they didn't care which pen you were in. Oh, no. Um, and it's not criticism at all, it was just that, but it could ca then cause problems that um, we were told as a, as a 2.30 pacer or a 2.15 pacer, you're in this pen, but we, but we weren't. So, you know, as, as the race was starting, you had people saying to you, oh, what colour are you? What colour are you? Because they wanted to run with you, but they weren't sure whether they were running with the right pace if that makes sense yeah and like as london gets that doesn't it because it's a different start so you can be behind the 415 pacer but uh ahead of him in terms of pace can't you yeah yeah i think we were mexican we were called mexican wave or something yeah. <laughs> and there's one called chocolate wave yeah yeah so the first year i think i was something like chocolate wave and then they changed it to nationalities i think I something like that and yeah we were mexican as I say, the, fir the first year I did it, rather than having putting the paces in straight away with the pens, whether it was the right pen or not, they had us all, all 24 of us, lined up at the start line. And as they come through, they chucked us in with them. <laughs> it was a little bit, um, bit of a, it was, it was fun. That's like <laughs> poo sticks, just throwing you in the river of people <laughs> yeah, that go yeah. past. Yeah. Cattle prodded you into the, um, <laughs> into the start. 
And is there an expo or anything like London, or is it more your traditional one where you get your bib in the post? Uh, but yeah, Bib was in the post, if I remember rightly. Really. But the, the main sponsor for it, or, or um, charity, is Tommy's. And they take over that. I can't remember the name of the building. It's a lovely old building that we all met in. Oh, yeah, oh, that's right. their headquarters, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I can't remember the name of it. Yeah, anyway. And anyone that's doing the, the uh, raising money for Tommy's, they get to, to go to this, to this lovely building. Um, and uh, yeah, there's all food, drink, and you can leave all the stuff yeah. there. Yeah. Um, and there was a lot of people. I mean, it, it is sort of a bit London-esque, where it is quite a bit about raising money for charity. Um, there was a lot of people running in uh, Tommy's vests. Um, so yeah, we, we yeah, I can't remember the name of it though. Nah. Some big not. nice building in London. I'm sure people remember. <laughs> And the um, it's a basic big single loop, isn't it? So stuff like bag drops, are they into lorries or into a tent and you go back or? Yeah, they're tents. So they, they put up a big uh, marquee thing alongside this building that we can't remember the name of. And uh, by the time you finish, you finish the race on Downing Street and then you cut through St. James's Park, is it? Yeah, and be between there and Palmar, yeah. back round and then that brings you to... Um, they, they've set up all the um, like the photo backdrops that if you want to do on the way through the park, and then that kind of it kind of takes you back to to where the start. So it's it's quite a London experience then with yeah Downing Street, Palmer, Nelson's Column and stuff. Yeah, yeah. They say there's not many runs you're going to get to run on Downing Street, is there really? No. And just annoy all the um, armed police outside for photos when they're finished. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, uh, it's uh, I suppose that. The, the big half, Royal Parks half, where they shut London, you know, it's quite enjoyable. Yeah. It's not often you'll be able to do that. No, definitely. And yeah, a lot of people will never get to run London if they're unlucky in the ballot. So this seems yeah. not a bad compromise. So when you're pacing, then, did you have balloons, banners, etc., so people can find you? Well, yeah, both on both of them. The first one I did and the one I did with Spence, really nice banners. Awesome. And what, the, what's uh, it like pacing people? Do you find the pressure to be bang on? Do people talk to you or? Well, from my experience, as I say, it was the first the first time I did it, and uh, when with Spence, um, I was quite nervous because it was the first time I'd ever done anything. Mm. So um, yeah, so th on both occasions, when I when I started. It was people running alongside saying, I'm sticking with you for the whole thing. Um, and you're quite then conscious that you are being followed <laughs> by quite a lot of people. That's a bit obvious. But um, yeah, and then uh, as I was going around, I could hear I, I could hear people saying, he's picked up the pace a little bit here and he's going a bit too fast. Ooh, and then I'm getting paranoid, getting paranoid and looking at my watch thinking, am I getting a bit fast? Um, which I don't think it was, but anyway. But yeah, Did so you have markers on the course or...? Yeah, mile markers, yeah. Yeah, because I found when I pace, you kind of almost have to pace off them, don't you? Like you said, you can't really trust your watch. You've got to be... I'm definitely not. That is probably the one thing I learned. Well, certainly running around that route. Obviously, I've done London, but like Spence said earlier, that the, the GPX around there, or GPS, sorry, was more mm. So you are relying on either adding things up in your head, or the first year I did it, I wore one of those pace pockets. Oh, yeah. Um, add my times on there. 
um, the second year, Spence very kindly did me a laminated card. Oh, that good of him. And it fell out of my pocket <laughs> at the start. <laughs> so I was, um, I was literally adding it up in my head as I was going around at the mile markers oh. just to make sure I was on time. Yeah, because I've paced 5 hours 15 a marathon before, and that's literally 12 minute miles. So that's quite an easy one to do in your head. But yeah. when you start getting like 8.37 per mile and trying to add that up, that just gets yeah, yeah. beyond me, even a good day. I found as well, doing a, doing a 2.30 pace, uh, do, um, sorry, pacing the 2.30, I had more runners with me than 2.15. Now, I don't know if that's because... 230 is more of a landmark than 215, like you yeah. go 230 and maybe two hours. Do you know what I mean? So, um, I found, yeah, I had more runners, um, the, the, the 230 pace and the 215. Cool. And what's the course like in terms of is it mostly flat? Did you pace it evenly? The people who are doing it next year when it comes back need to have any time in hand for big hills or anything? Yeah, it's pretty flat, really. Um, but what, what you'll find is you'll always get, <clears throat> like Stu says, you get people say, I'm going to run with you. And because we're, because we're running, um, this isn't big-headed, we're running slower than, than our optimum half sort of speed. Mm. We're very consistent. And, of course, those people that say we're going to stick with you, probably halfway round or three-quarters of the way, they drop off because it's not their necessary sort of time that they can achieve. So then you pick up other people instead. Um, and I know from, from pacing Ealing half, which is quite a nice half to do, it's, it, it is a bit up and down and you'll lose people. If you run up the, the ups and downs consistently, you'll lose them because they won't pick up again later yeah. on. So you'll find that some people you start with, you don't end up with, you end up with new people at the end. Yeah. Well, that's cool. And uh, how busy is it? I mean, compared to say London, can you even see the ground under your feet? Is it congested as hell or is it just usual kind of big city half type levels? It is a big city half. I, I can't remember the numbers. I want to say something like 10,000. I think you're about right, yeah. Yeah. It, so the, the, the beginning is it's organised chaos. It's, you know, there's that as the pens are coming through, it's organised, but there's a lot of people. But saying that, once you get through the start and you do the first bend, there's nothing like on London where you do have those pinch points of where, unless you're speedy like yourself, Mark, you, you do get um, you do get caught up with it a little bit. Yeah, you do end up almost running on the spot, don't you, on the kind of tight yeah. bends on London yeah. when you get in a big group. Yeah, there was a couple of out and back, so uh, that didn't help the GPS at all. No. Yeah, I noticed on the, the map there do there'd be quite a few kind of yeah sharp out and back sections. Yeah, like I say, with, with that in the buildings, you cannot. I did well. It was just non-existent, really. No, just rely on what you know and the mile markers. Uh, and what are the A stations like there? Good. That's a fair few. Um, lo loads and loads of water, and I think it was Lucas Aid. Um, there was plenty every, say, two and a half, three miles, I think. Um, going, both sides, both sides of the the road as well. So you know, you weren't getting as much. You weren't getting people kind of tripping you, tripping up. What I try, what I tried to do is, if I knew, if I knew something was coming up, I'd give everyone that was with me or near it. I, you know, I'd just shout and say, 
water to your left or right and just uh, trying to help them out oh, as much yeah. as possible. If you're lucky, um, if you get to pace with, uh, like we have the flags, and uh, which slots into a vest, the vest has little mesh pockets either side, so you can stash drinks in it or gels or whatever you want. I had a speaker in mine, I was playing music. <laughs> <laughs> I was playing motivational music as we went round. Oh, very good. Um, yeah, you can stick a drink in it, um, so you don't have to worry about stopping. You can you can keep going if you want. Yeah, I'd better be doing it because you're going to struggle to get to the side if you're surrounded in a sea of people. Mm. Yeah. You're talking about the, the speaker and have the music on. The first year I did it, there was a guy. Um, he's got his own Facebook page called like the, the Karaoke Marathon Man or something. All right. And he was up and down. He, I don't think he was even doing the course properly. He just kept popping up in places. <laughs> it shouldn't have been popping up. But he was absolutely superb. It, you know, it was, it was a bit of a party atmosphere. And I think that's what the, the landmarks is all, is all about, really. And everyone was... As long as you see him, you see him early doors for a sing song. When he pops up at like mile ten or eleven, and people are a bit knackered, they're not so much um, appreciative of him. But he he was quite funny. No, sounds good. Then when you got to the end, then do you send your hordes off to cross ahead of you, or do you just stand and wave? How do you finish off when you're pacing? I I I have. Yeah, I can't remember doing it there. I might have done it there, but it, I might hang back and just gee a few people up. Yeah. You know, if you know they're going to get under the time that you're pacing, you know, tell them to start swinging their arms and <laughs> um, get across the line. Across. Usually, you, you do get a few people I've had in the past come up and say thank you. Um, so it does, you do feel like you've done something worthwhile. I was going to say, do you get any uh, sweaty hugs and kisses for getting a PB and stuff? Yeah, it's the only reason to do it, really. I was saying as well, Spencer said, like, to, the, the first of it, because it was 2.30, I knew I, I had people with me that wanted to get under 2.30. Yeah. Uh, I guess it's the same if they're with you for 2.15, but it was their first half marathon their their target was under two thirty, so when I, when you get to the you do a, like a final left hand turn just before you see the finish line on Downing Street, so then I'm like right, stop running with me, get your ass in gear type thing, you know. Right, you go, leave, leave me here. This is your time to go and get your finish. So yeah, you do have. I did just hanging the back a bit, but then conscious, I didn't want to hang up back too much because there's people still behind me thinking I'm going to cross the line the same time as him. Yeah, true. Um, and yeah, it was actually, once you get over the finish line, I was amazed the amount of people that come up and said, can I have a photo? Uh, thanks for your help. Um, you know, oh, things like that. Fun, it? It, it was really nice. Made it all worthwhile. Brilliant. Yeah, I've paid a couple of times. I said I can get a thank you at the end, but maybe that's just me. <laughs> maybe it's because I was you leave behind, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I don't think I've ever paced and got the same people at the end as I started with, to be honest. I always seem to drop people. In yeah, like we said earlier, you do lose some, but you gain some as well. Yeah. I, th I think um, when you're at the sharper end of the race, the, those people are the ones that tend to stick with the paces more consistently. Yeah. Um, especially the, the, whip, the whippersnappers with the vests on and, and the short shorts. <laughs> they seem to stay with the paces and um, most of the way around. Well, that's what I noticed from, from especially... Um, was it, I think it was Ian, Ian Hammett, um, 
he did the fastest pacing at London Landmarks. And he had like half a dozen guys with him who were all super quick and they stayed with him most of the time. Excellent. But I think, I think down the other end, it's, it, it changes a lot more. Yeah, there's a bit more of a sort of natural churn, isn't there? Yeah. Cool. So would you uh, pace again? I've, I was supposed events. to pace... Yeah, I was supposed to pace, uh, I think, two races this year. Um, Paddock Wood, which is a lovely race because it's, it's a half down in Kent in the, around the country lanes. Um, and I'm sure there was one for Zempo, but I, I can't remember. It might have even been Milton Keynes. I can't remember what one that was supposed to be. But, um, yeah, I, I'd, I'd probably do three or four a year if I can. Yeah, if races ever come back, eh? That's right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, assuming yeah, they do I, come back, would you guys recommend London London Landmarks Half? Is it suited to all the first-timer experienced people, or who would you recommend it for? Definitely as a first-timer, for a first-timer, I would say, uh, yeah. It's, um, there's a couple of Facebook pages where they've got, like, support networks that... Um, You'll get the the regular question, real you know some quite generally nervous people that they're mm. just about to run their first half marathon. Um, one of the pages, one of, when we were the pacers, Nikki would say to us, "Can you go and join this? Introduce yourself, you know, just so people know who they are." That's and idea, um, yeah. that kind of gets you, gets you quite a lot of um, funny comments as well. One of the, I can't remember the name of the page, but one of them, I thought I was joining a dating site when I first went on it. <laughs> Because there was all these people talking to each other. I think some of the conversation I was thinking, well, that's it. bearing in mind you've never met yet, all the way on. <laughs> it, was, it was quite a bit close to the mark. But yeah, so as a first half, it's, it, the, the support network um, around it on social media is, and, and the race itself, it is a, I think yeah. it's a cracking little race. Cool. And if you're more experienced in going for a PB, is it sort of flat and fast enough with a bit too twisty? Would you go there it's for probably a bit too twisty. It's very yeah. twisty, yeah. Around yeah. some of the landmarks, it is very twisty. And if you rely on your watch for for running, it's you know useless. So, so you've got to be good um, enough to run on field then, and really go for your PB. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Or just stick to if you if you're going quick, just stick to one of the fast um, paces, and then uh, let that, don't worry about your pace. Just keep keep with them. Let them do it. No, brilliant, thank you. No, cool, thank you much for that. And I can't let you go without asking Spencer what he's been up to this week. What have you been up to this week? Um, Last week, I suppose, technically, then. On Friday morning, I decided to run 100 miles um, <laughs> around the outskirts of London. Um, I started just before six Friday morning, and I finished uh, just before eight Saturday morning. Um, it was for Centurion running. They did a virtual race. You could either do a hundred mile. Well, you could do all different distances. You picked what you wanted to do. You had seven days to do it. So you could do 5K, 1K a day, whatever you wanted to do. Um, I decided to do the hundred all in one go. Um, uh, so uh, Stu helped me. He, he raced the last... Uh, was it 27 miles with me I think 28 yeah, miles I, I did 32 in the end I don't don't undercut me 32 oh, beg, 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 beg your pardon <laughs> 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 I 
I, I, still, I, I got to my meeting point early, so I, ended, I started running down the canal to meet him. Um, with, with with him dry heaving in my ears. <laughs> <laughs> you'll you'll know the meeting point, um, Mark, because it was at Bulls Bridge on the canal. Oh God! <laughs> exactly. Just opposite. Just opposite is a Tesco's, and he was meant to meet me in the car park there, but he got there early, so he decided to run down the canal and meet me. Um, so yeah, sorry, because it was about three miles to me, then three miles back, plus the twenty-five. Yeah, so. Mm, uh... And then he ran back with me back along the London Loop to my house. So, yeah, that kept us busy. See, any reason you did it all in one go rather than break it up like a sensible person might have done? Well, I was supposed to do the week, as you may or may not know, last weekend was meant to be, oh, sorry, weekend before was meant to be the Grand Union Canal Race, one, four, Mm. five, which I was supposed to do, but obviously it was cancelled. Um, they cancelled it quite late, so I'd done quite a bit of training, and I kept training through lockdown. Not huge mileage, but just kept ticking over. And then when Centurion launched this virtual uh, race concept, mm-hmm. I just ramped the mileage back up again and decided, well, I'll do it in one go because I've trained for it. I'm, I'm prepared to do it. So yeah. I just had to plan a route and, and sort out the logistics. Excellent. And do you have buddies the whole way or just for that bit with Stuart? Um, I I was on my own probably for the first 45 or 48, I think. And then a couple of people met me and rang me, ran me back home. And then a, someone met me at my house and ran with me um, back towards where Stu was. And then a couple of other people met me. So at one point, there was about five of us um, from about 50 to 60 miles um then i was on my own till till i met Stuart about 72 and then Stu ran with me all the way to the 100 through the night well done on that then cool so um yeah after this then what is your next running challenge then both of you well if it still goes ahead mine's thames path 100 the um the sequel (laughs) (laughs) Which is for um, currently scheduled for the fourth and fifth of September still. Yeah, it's still um, a fair way off. That might happen. Yeah, I'm, I'm cr- I am hopeful of it, but um, there you go. And I'm down for the autumn hundred as well this year. I um, obviously I DNF that a couple of years ago, so I'm going to try and get that monkey off my back. Where did you DNF? Was it at the end of one of the loops? Because it's four loops, isn't it? So at the end of the fourth loop, 88 miles. Oh, I know. <laughs> I still, I still, get still a, got to get back to the start or the finish. I still get a little tear in my eye now, but there you go. Who's that? Redding, Redding turnaround. Yeah, Redding, where you go up those horrible stairs. Yeah, yeah And I just had nothing. I had, um, I had a, I had a knee injury anyway. Not going into the race or anything, but I was just death marching from about seventy six, seventy seven. I had someone with me. I was nearly falling in the canal and all sorts. Oh, I was in a bit of a mess. And then um, got to that turnaround, and my other half was due to. Run, I wanted her to run back with me, but I just, I just genuinely could not put her through what I'd just been put someone else through for the last twelve Running months. Running through Reading. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I decided to DNF there, um, but yeah, I'm going to go. Hopefully, if it's ahead, go back and um, put that wrong right this year. 
Yeah, because I, I imagine that's uh, yeah a tricky one to finish because you get back to the start every 25 miles, don't you? So when I did it, I was very tempted to drop because you think, yeah, <laughs> it's so easy to do it every 25 miles. Yeah, but it's the same even out of Reading. I, I think I still had about seven and a half, eight hours of it, but I just could not walk. So there you go. Yeah. If you had a beer and thought about it, you might have felt better. Well, I think I think now knowing what I do now, having done a few more races and that, you know, there's no there's no harm in just sitting down and the amount of people you see sleeping under radiators and stuff. Yeah, like that. particularly that checkboard and they seem to have comfy sofas and there's always yeah, someone absolutely yeah, dull. Find a comfy sofa for, for twenty minutes, half hour, try and pull yourself together. So yeah, you know, in hindsight, but but we'll see. That sofa's not there anymore, by the way. Is it not? <laughs> they took it it's not in the hallway anymore. Uh, I, rem I remember last because I ran the race last year, it wasn't there. Thank God. To be fair, it probably stank from like five exactly. years of sweaty exactly ultra right. sleeping on it. Exactly yeah. what I was about to say. It probably removed the onus of a movie because all the sweat stains on yeah, it. Yeah, probably have to burn it <laughs> once it dried out. Cool. So that's your next run then. And then, Spencer, what are you going to do? Um, I'm going to hopefully still do the Ben Nevis Ultra, which is. Um, well, that sounds flat. Hip, yeah, yeah, fast and flat. 50k um, in Scotland. Um, I can't remember the elevation, but it's stupid amount. Um, that's middle of September, so it might still be on. Um, again, we'll see. My Airbnb mm. cancelled on me because um, of COVID, but I managed to get another one. So we'll see. See what happens. I'll best start with that then. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, yeah, thank you both for coming on. And it's the first time we've talked about a half. So it's good to show we're not just all about ultras. Did you ever sort out your nipple issue? Yes. This is an exciting <laughs> uh, topical thing. Yeah, um, I've, I've suffered many years mind. with yeah, horrific nipple bleeding. <laughs> Someone recommended a zinc oxide tape. Which yeah. is cheap as chips on like eBay, and it's just amazing. Literally, I was always amazed for I was always amazed for someone that runs the miles you do that have you got such weak nipples. I know, I just I, <laughs> ridiculous. I, every time if it's either really wet or really sweaty, they would just bleed profusely, and I've got so many Ooh. finish line photos where it looks like I've been shot. <laughs> but yeah, I did challenge a couple of companies and like nippies and stuff sent me some stuff, and it's just useless. And then someone said this zinc oxide tape, it's like three quid a roll. And I was like, well, this looks stupid, doesn't it? And yeah, it, it literally it stays on for like over a week. Eventually, you have to peel it off because it's just been on there too long. It's magic. So, yeah. So there's a little hint for anyone who's got bleeding nipples. Yeah. Although I did see they make like running bras for men, some companies launched. <laughs> someone suggested I mean, I mean, that. You, you could do a whole podcast on just um just my nipple tips, tips. <laughs> yeah, some tips for, for, for men for men's running but i've True. always run with a with a um uh, a nike dry fit base layer underneath my t-shirt and i've never had any any nipple issues or backpack rubbing or anything yeah base layers are definitely good i just still get even the skin skinny ones they get a bit hot in the summer with them though so i'm a quite hot sweaty bloke at the best of times his chat's right. getting a bit camp now. 
<laughs> what a nice light cratite fitting top yeah? you're, you're losing listeners now you're losing exactly. listeners. I can't afford to lose listeners I've only got about two <laughs> cool excellent well yeah thank you very much for coming on guys and yeah best well, of luck and I'm sure I'll cross paths with you again at an ultra at some point cheers guys I hope you enjoyed that interview and learned a bit more about the London Landmarks Half Marathon. You can pre-register for 2021 currently on the website. And despite my early assertion that it's a rubbish bit of London, it does actually seem to be a decent route with decent landmarks and actually seems quite appealing. Even for someone like me, it doesn't really do halves. Thanks for listening. Coming up on future podcasts, we've got the South Downs Way 100 and also a special one-off where I'll be recounting the fun I had doing the Accumulator, which was a virtual event organised by Cobain Events. Until next time, keep running, keep happy and keep safe. Game over.